When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 416. What is your face and your phone about? What? Why is your face on your phone? No, no, I just don't want to be like Matt that's just trying to get his voice out there in every single episode as much as he can. I'm, I'm kind of more comfortable with myself, so I'm cool with just being quiet here. Well, but you just I'm called not him the out kind for of guy. It. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to just keep on talking to have his voice heard on any kind of thing. So, so you're not that kind of guy. I'm not that you know the kind of guy. Well, you're that doing just it right keep now. On, what? I'm you're sorry. Doing it right now. No, I'm no, not that kind of guy. Thank Did you so much, Kyle, for the coffee and a banana and a banana. Did you let him use your credit card? It's a debit card. It's even worse. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. And I always forget my pen, so I write it on the back, of course. <laughs> well, um, uh, a lot of stuff having a Nerdist. You're performing at the Punchline soon, is that correct? Yes, uh, October 10th through 12th, I'll be doing the Punchline in San Francisco with Nick Youssef. Oh, nice. Nick's great. Nick is great, and we'll be there. And I have some limited edition posters made by Garrett Ross that I'll be selling. Look at this little guy headlining. Uh, at Midnight is starting on October 21st, so uh, that's Comedy Central Midnight. The na- it's the Twitter handle and the time that it's on and the name of the show. It's all wrapped up in one convenient name, At Midnight, uh, right after Colbert, starting October 21st. Please watch it. Um, I'd like to thank Audible for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, audible.com slash Nerdist. If you've listened to an audiobook, you probably have listened to Audible. It was probably an Audible audiobook. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's the only kind I hear. <laughs> M- most audiobooks are Audible. No, and that, but that's the name of the company, too. If it's too. not Audible, turn the volume up. No, I understand, Jonah. <laughs> no, if it's not Audible, turn the volume down because it should be Audible. Yes. Dot com. There it is. For sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, they have over 100,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has a cover. That's audible.com slash Nerdist. Use that for a free audiobook download. So our guest today is Adam Scott, who you probably know from Parks and Rec or Party Down or a million other things. Uh, Adam really is infuriating because he's super handsome, really funny, hyper-articulate, really smart guy. He's pretty much he's pretty much everything. Yeah, he's a good dude. I used to work with his wife, Naomi. And he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. He's nice, too. He's very nice. Fucking asshole yeah. for being nice and smart and brilliant and talented and attractive. Uh, but his new movie, uh, ACOD, opens today, October 4th. So go see it, Adult Children of Divorce. Uh, And here's Adam Scott on the Nerdist Podcast, number 416. Now entering Nerdist.com. I will uh, 
not eat this during the thing. No, you Unless should. you want me to. We're actually cataloging for our Foley uh, division of Nerdist. <laughs> uh-huh. so we need... And we're very, we have very specific sound effects. One of them is Adam Scott eating an apple. Oh, that's yeah. so crazy yeah, that no, I brought this. It really is perfect. <laughs> I mean, this I is actually, the last one we were trying to get, too. I am so glad you got that email I sent An organic, manager. golden, yeah, delicious? Okay, you, great. Yeah. yeah. And then great. later we'll do Gala and Granny. Fantastic. Um, but... I have to go home to get the Granny, though. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah that's no, fine. No, okay. It's I mean, worth it. That's what we're here for. We've been following you for a while, just co- collecting life foley. That's great. From you. <laughs> that is great. Uh, and when we recreate you. Me shifting in bed. <laughs> wait till you hear you buttoning a shirt. It's oh, incredible. Wait. At bottom to top. Yeah. Do you have me waking up with an iPad on my face with Friday Night Lights blaring <laughs> yep. in my earphones? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's listen. This project has taken several years and uh, close to ten million dollars. Yeah, but ten million dollars. It's actually, really worth it. We actually have you reacting to the entire Peter Berg catalog. Oh, great! Yeah. Your battleship sounds are amazing. <laughs> so you, you was, okay? Even for an improv, that was a weird pull. <laughs> the entire Peter Berg catalog. What were you guys? Were you guys with me when I was alone at the ArcLight watching Pain and Gain? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were back there. <laughs> we also, weirdly, we have you reacting to first run Chicago Hope. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> does Why that, do I know so much about Peter Berg's career? Does that also count with the Linda Fiorentino movie, the last... Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, that whole last 911 call. Last yeah. Seduction. Uh-huh. Yeah, the whole 911 Which, by the way, there. is a fucking great movie. Terrific, yeah. Do you remember, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah, of course it's I have. so good. John Dahl made some great movies. He did uh, Red Rock West too, which was so good. That one, remember that one? Oh, it's so good. Well, what happened? Well, well n- hang on. We'll just play a clip of him watching it. <laughs> and it's just him going, "This is so good." It, in 1995. <laughs> wow, this is terrific. And the audio quality is not great. You know, it was it was 95 technology. Right. It was much harder back then. Also, my wool flannel shirt kind of rubbed up against the mic. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Taken out in post, actually. So oh, we can guys, do a lot now. You think of everything. Well, yep. we have a wool filter that takes any wool oh, sounds. That's where all the money went. That's where a lot of it went. Yeah, you guys, it's you might know Adam Scott as the bridge officer of the Defiant in Star Trek: First Contact. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty amazing. Yeah, two lines. I love First great. Contact too. By the way, First Contact is a fucking great movie. Huge success. Yeah, that was a big hit at yeah. the time. It was giant for for Star Trek, especially. I love that Jamie Cromwell. Yes. Oh, yeah. He just got an Emmy. He's got an Emmy. Which, I got to say, he was pretty fucking great on American Horror Story. He was pretty great on that show. What has he been in that he wasn't great in? I've never seen him be bad in anything. I haven't seen American Horror Story. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very silly, but the but the actors are so fucking good on it. Yeah. That it's just it's a blast to watch. I dig it. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the new one. So, what was your reaction when you read the script and you're like, "Oh, I get to say there's another ship coming in. It's the Enterprise." I aud- Good read, by the way. I <laughs> I auditioned for some other part, like one of the Lieutenant Hawk. I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably no, what you auditioned. For. No idea, but well, Matt's just going to tell you whether you like it or not. <laughs> it was a much larger part. Yeah, obviously. That's Lieutenant who Hawk. played that? Who played Lieutenant Hawk? Uh, McDonough. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was the yeah. Part. Was, I know. Um, yeah, I was right. <laughs> Why even go through this charade of trying to figure it out? I mean, everything you're saying is just a waste of energy right, right now. Since I know of what you're, I know. Was I was with you. I was recording yeah. your voice during the audition. Been there since before the inception of the Nerdist Foley department. I was like, someday. Um, and then, uh, and so I went and did that that smaller that smaller part and. Uh, was literally in and out of there. You know, I was out by like 11 a.m. It was really 
<laughs> Jonathan Frakes was directing it. Yeah, he, he, was Frakes. Super, he was super cool. He's the best. Love that guy. How many other ones did he direct? Uh, Insurrection uh, and First Contact were the two Trek movies he did. He did a bunch of the episodes, though. Really good ones. Was Insurrection the last one of the kind of of that? Crew? No, that was Nemesis. That's right. Insurrection was the second to last one, which uh, is not a great movie. And uh, there's a commentary track that Frakes recorded with Marina Sirtis that they just make fun of the movie the entire time about how bad it is. But Paramount has never released it. Oh. Really? Like they recorded the for the DVD and they were like, "We're not. We can't put this on." I want to get a hold of it so bad. Have you ever had Frakes do Star Trek? No, he's very busy right now. He'll be he'll be free after Christmas. Matt does a fun show here at Meltdown called Star Trek, where they basically watch the worst Star Trek episodes and yeah, and oh awesome. Kamal and I do it. And oh we, great, yeah, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and what what about Nemesis? Who directed Nemesis? That was a uh, bird. Uh, who just a bird? That was a, his, <laughs> That's his, why. his last name is Bird. This <laughs> wasn't his, <laughs> his last name is Bird. Oh, Simon Bird. Uh, no, no Simon Bird's a young British actor. <laughs> Look You're it right. Up. Look it up. Simon uh, Birch? Yes, it was Simon Birch, that wonderful little kid yeah. who charmed us all. <laughs> it was Simon, the kid, now you know my name is Simon, and I like the Mike to Myers. direct Star Trek movies. Well, the uh, Mike Myers thing. It's the Stuart. Baird. Baird, yeah. Yeah, Stuart, Stuart Baird. Baird. Now, the Simon thing, just to go off on a tangent that no one's going to give a shit about, that, that character that he did in an SNL, I don't think was accidentally based on a character from the Captain Kangaroo show, which was a little kid who would draw these pictures that would come to life. And it was the same song. He would go, now you know my name is Simon and the things I draw come true. And so it was. I always remember watching Mike Myers going, "Okay, is he doing an homage to that, right? Or is he remembering a character, or is it a satire of that? Right. Look it up, Katie. Well, it's Mike Myers, so he was obviously referencing something. He might have been. He might yeah. have been referencing something. Wow, I haven't seen anyway. Captain Kangaroo or thought about ca- <laughs> Captain Kangaroo for quite some time. So I'm I'm a little lost now. But Captain Kangaroo directed Insurrection. Yeah. Now, uh, Stuart Baird, who was uh, an editor previously to that, that was the first thing he directed. Well, he's directed other movies since. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, why did all those ping pong balls fall on on Picard? What? I don't even... <laughs> Sorry. It's a Captain Kangaroo reference. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Come on, you should remember this. We're close to the bolt. same age. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> like, I do you... not remember the ping pong balls. You can't, why can't you remember the things but, that I remember? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> why don't we have the same brain? <laughs> why are we different beings? Thank you for finally getting the audio of Adam not getting a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but success! <laughs> it's hard to get one by him, yeah, too. No, so it's, hard. it's taken a long it's time. It's been a long time. You've process. been after that one yeah. for years. Oh, so long. I am your wife. Um, <laughs> what? There's no... Katie, isolate this! <laughs> <laughs> Cool visual gag for the podcast. <laughs> it's all been a lie. Now get your ass to Mars. Did you get to keep your uniform? I would have asked for it on Star Trek. Oh, n- no. no. I, you could have stolen it. Again, I was there it. for like two and a half hours. You could have fit it in a knapsack. I probably could have. Yeah. It, does, it, it's a, it is cool. It's a cool-looking uh, uniform, right? Yeah, that was a good one. And I had like blood on my face and stuff. Yeah, he'd been through some shit on the Defiant so bridge. does the ship blow up? The Defiant gets saved. It gets saved, yeah. okay. It was adrift, but salvageable, because Deep Space Nine was still on. Well, I hope like, we just we talked to Adam ship. for an hour about the two hours that he spent. I we, t- we will talk <laughs> the same amount of time that he worked on <laughs> 30, Star Trek. <laughs> the 30 seconds of just screen a time. Moment In by, real time. A moment by moment. Well, I showed up. <laughs> It was 1996. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have been working for you. 
you've been working, I think, maybe longer than I have, which is a which feels like a really long time. When was your first gig? My first gig was the fall of '93. Which when, when was '94? '94. Yeah, yep. it was around because I remember watching Singled Out in my gross apartment on Franklin. <laughs> so many across people. from Gelson's. <laughs> so many people share that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that area cleaned up nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did clean up nice. Thanks, Scientology. The building is still a little shaky, I think. But I, it's hard to tell. Yeah, that's right. That's right across from the UCB Theater. Mm. Just yeah. For people who aren't Los yeah. Angelinos. Yeah. Um, that's really funny that you watched, uh, that you remember Singled Out. Yeah, so that was 95, right? Singled yeah. Out? Yeah. Yeah, 95. Um, yeah, so fall of 93, it was a pilot MTV's first, like, narrative show called Dead at 21. Do you remember? I remember <laughs> Dead yeah. at 21. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was it. Uh, I think there was a guy named Jack Noseworthy. Yes, he was a star. He of the was show. the star of the show. Yeah, That's his real name, Jack Noseworthy. Yeah, wow. yeah, I remember him. Dead at twenty one. Was that was it a ghost show? What was the show about? It was actually a cool idea. It was, if I, I may not remember correctly, but it's the government hat has inserted microchips in a number of young men across the country to use them as secret agents or some experiment but the thing is is that the the chip will kill you when you turn 21 and so this show kicks off and jack noseworthy is finding out that he's one of these government this i don't know he's got to fight to to save to save his life before he turns he has 21. to find out like the secret so it's a, it's almost like an mtv logan's run in a weird yes. sort of way Why yes. not go... boy their programming sure changed yeah <laughs> Why not? yeah they've really really expanded because <laughs> now it's teen wolf which is yeah sort of, um that now their programming makes you feel dead at 21 right, right. <laughs> dead at 21 babies <laughs> was that that wasn't on at the same time as single that was it was single it, it came on a little bit before but i do remember I remember working at the beach house that summer v- <laughs> and up. interviewing Lisa Dean Ryan and yes! Jack Noseworthy. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I absolutely did. Yeah. I literally did interview them at yeah. the beach house that sure. summer, which I think was 94, which was uh-huh. right before Singled Out. I was I started a show wow. in the winter and then it got canceled and they had me VJ for a summer and then I started Singled Out in the fall. That I absolutely yeah. did Lisa Dean Ryan and Jack Noseworthy. You VJed for a summer? I did at the beach house. Wow. That must have been so fun. It really wasn't. Really? <laughs> <laughs> because apparently by the time I got there, I heard these stories about how in the old days. Oh, yeah. But MTV was very corporate by the time I got there. Okay. And so it was basically in this ta- this town in Long Island called Quag. And it was this house. Oh, so it wasn't Wait, in Malibu. MTV, it wasn't like, I thought Malibu it was, like... was 97. Uh-huh. Um, this was in 95. And or 94, 90, 94, 95. Okay. And 94, I think. And so the, this beach house was just this isolated house. They had like maybe 15 sexy extras, sextras, let's call them. Um, and they made it, they would just crowd them into the corner of a pool and shoot it really tight. And you'd be like, it's crazy here at the uh, beach house. Oh, wow. But it wasn't. And most of the time, the house was really boring and there was you know like maybe there was an nes system there but it was there wasn't really much to you would go hang out you would get there and go like it's gonna be fun to hang out here all day yeah it was just a house but you were so weird so there wasn't an actual party going on no not at all they were very much and then when they weren't shooting if people started to get rowdy they'd be like hey 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 hey, take it down tony because at what point did you did you stop being polite and start getting real (laughs) when i was on the real world (laughs) Um, yes. And was that when someone did it take them? You know, 
17 years to go, hey, see these these extras here at the New Jersey Beach House? Maybe we should just make a show about them, and it would be wildly successful. Well, by that point, Real World was already on. Real World premiered in, like, 92, I think. Right. And um, didn't they, aren't they, haven't they said they're going to wind it down? Like, they're doing, like, one or two more seasons, and then... But is Jersey Shore still on? No. That... No, no, that, that ended. The problem with Jersey Shore was they should have recast every year. Uh, That's yeah. what I think. In the early days of MTV, it was it really was sort of a like an indie kind of a free for all, right. and then it got very Viacomy and corporate-y. and and so I think at some point in the early days of the Beach House, you could you know like at any given moment people would be jumping off the roof into the pool, and then they were like liability, yeah, liability, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so then it became a very 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 controlled environment. MTV tricked people in the '90s so hard. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing the Dave Matthews Band going, man, that looks like a fun time. Where yeah. was that? Was that that wasn't long? Either. That might have been a spring break. Oh. That been spring break and if that was the case it was it would have been in panama city florida oh jesus christ (laughs) all that stuff that back then i was like god i just i wish i could be a part of that now it all sounds nauseating and exhausting it was very sterile and if you worked a spring break Mm -hmm. if they were mtv was so cheap that they would literally try to fly you out the same day that you worked if they could so there wasn't really a you know truthfully i think the people that probably had the craziest stories were the PAs because they were the ones that basically worked like 20 hours a day. Right. And so they were kind of like in it all the time. Right. And so they were probably the ones that had all the crazy sex stories and right, drugs right, and stuff. Right. But if you were talent on the channel, at least for me, it was very much like get in, get out. Yeah. You know? Where did they put you up? In Panama City, Florida, during spring break, it must have something sucked. across from a Waffle House. Because oh, um, really every, build- every other building yeah. there was a Waffle House and a strip club, just in a in a in a an alternating current. Dude, that uh, sounds so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I mean, I remember going one year to a spring break the year before I started working for MTV. It happened. They did one in San Diego, and I was like, I had the same reaction of you, of like. Man, this is to be the life. Right, right. And then I got hired by MTV, and I was like, "Shit's gonna be crazy." Yeah. And shit was not crazy. Oh, that's so disappointing. <laughs> shit was very controlled. Shit was very controlled. It was also back then, like early mid '90s. MTV was at a new sort of yeah. peak. It yeah. was really dictating yeah. a lot of culture. We were all sort of just locked in, whether we admitted it or not. MTV was really sort of guiding a lot of young culture. Like, they grabbed the alternative music thing and just sort of then kind of just ran with it and created a whole Yeah, they decided to kill hair metal. They were like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny now because when you look at... MTV is 32 years old, maybe? And and it... And it really does kind of seem like a 32 year old guy now, where it's like at one point when it was in its 20s, it's like, hey, yeah, this is, you know. Right. I was never like that. But then, but now it's, but well, it's just that the programming was a little more effortless. Yeah. And I think now it's like, oh, what do you kids like? Um, yeah. uh, girls like uh, the beach? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like it just feels. They could just run catfish all the time and I'd be happy. God, oh, yeah, show. that's right. That show does pretty well, I too. I love that show. You ever watch it? I, 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 I watched. I, I've watched like I've sat down and watched like one of the marathons of it. Watched yeah. like seven in a row, <laughs> and, and I'm just like, what? It's always, always just someone in a shack in yes. the back of a yeah. back lot of a house. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's always the exact same person. It really, yeah, essentially, they all they, they all sort of fit the same build and uh, personality type and have the same insecurities. 
and it's always that person. But it I, the, stays <clears throat> interesting. Yeah, there was one that I watched not maybe a couple weeks ago, but the girl who was uh, kind of heavy herself, she was like, "I love this guy. He's first, you know, first guy that's like loved me for me, and like he's seen pictures of me, and he's still into me, and blah blah blah." And and uh, they're like, "Well, how many pictures do you have of him?" And he's like, two. And they show the pictures. Obviously, shirtless, ripped guy. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, "You want to meet him? Yeah, we'll take him over." So they get there, and the guy's just this huge guy. Like he's like you know six three, but he's you know heavy. He's a heavy kind of fat guy. And uh, the the girl just immediately shuts down and like doesn't want any part yeah. of the fat guy. You know what's interesting about that is that <clears throat> well, first of all, the guys who cre- the the guys who created that show, um, Neve Henry, and Max, Henry and Rel, like the guys who directed <laughs> oh, oh, the sure, yeah, yeah. Catfish movie, are yeah. fucking really great guys. I worked yeah. with them, and they're really really good guys. So I'm glad that that show's doing well. But it sounds like the mechanism of that show is the moment at that end moment on Singled Out when the contestants would spin <laughs> and be like, ah, yeah, and yeah, you could just yeah. track, yes. you could just watch. The disappointment just kind of like uh, flow down like a waterfall from yes. the top of their head, <laughs> and just all the way down their limbs. You could yes. just it Dude, was just like they just melted like you, a sadness candle. Do you think single out resulted in any marriages? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not one. No, we tried to force a, uh, a marriage, like we, an engagement. On well, the we did it. We did like a marriage, pre like pre dating show, pre like reality dating show. Yeah, in like '96, we made this video called uh, "The Dirt on the Dates." It was a VHS tape. Oh, I would. Um, yeah, sure. And uh, Jenny and I hosted these wraparounds for these couples. That the idea was, we it was basically what Blind Date ended up becoming. We 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 started at the moment where the couples saw each other. Yeah. And then followed them on a date. And this is the date that they won on the show. That they won on okay. the show. Yeah. And uh, and it just uh, it never went well. It never went well. It was so engineered. Oh. Roger Lodge would have loved that. <laughs> well, people never came. People came on the show to win uh, fucking snowboards yeah, and yeah, on yeah, TV. Yeah, they yeah, didn't, yeah. you know. It was just they, what, they weren't there for love. They were not there for love. Was that, see, that's disappointing. Yeah, you I'm guys. sorry. I didn't mean to take the blind date. Was terrific. Why did that disappear? That yeah, was there's incredible. no. It was there for a long time. Was, there's no reason the for that not to still be there. I know. It's such the premise will never die. Roger Lodge, I think, made a lot of money from that show because I think he had a piece of. God damn it. Have you ever worked in syndicated television before? No. If you can hit syndicated television right, there's so much fucking money in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... Like, you hundreds of millions of dollars if you you hit it right. Yeah. Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld are billionaires because Seinfeld is still on all the time. And their (laughs) syndication deal was like... Two and a half billion dollars. Well, that's even that's that's even a slightly different syndication setup than if you had a show that just lived in syndication, like not a show that oh, went. To, I see what like, you're not, not second run syndication, like Arsenio like, Hall, like a first run syndication show, like uh, Star Trek: like Next Generation, Oprah, yeah. or um, or never Star was Trek. Star Trek syndicated? Yeah, Next Generation was syndicated. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they made a shit ton of money. Oh, Good for yeah. them. And that was yes. in the days where people were really making. Yeah. Do you ever? Would you ever wish like? Fuck, why couldn't I have been on something in the 80s oh, where dude. they were just fucking shelling out music, yeah. television, like everyone just yep. piles of money. Oh, my God. If I... Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever think about the position you're in if you were in that position in 1987? Oh, I... I mean, good Lord. <laughs> it was just different. It was very, very uh, different. I mean, it... Uh, God damn the, it. the days of... Um, 
hey, you got this one job and it changed your life and then you went from zero to millionaire yeah. in a week. Like, that doesn't Nope. That's no. Nope. You have a better chance of winning the Powerball. Yeah. Yeah. You really do. It's kind of bummery. But I do feel like that the current state of – here's one thing that you wouldn't be able to do because you, Adam Scott, work on a lot of really fantastic stuff. And in 1987, you would not have – first of all, the technology wouldn't have been available to do a lot of stuff that you do. But um, you would not have been able to do all those things because one network would have been like, well, you can't do anything else. You're just a TV guy. Yeah. That's the thing is that now there's way more work and way more possibilities. And for kids starting out, you can just make a, a, cool, a video and put it on Funny or Die. And if it's great, then yeah. Adam McKay will watch it, you know, like yeah. if it's like really terrific – and so that kind of stuff wasn't available. So, you know, in, in a way, I'm glad that we're here at this time because you're right. Like, we get to do all kinds of different cool stuff. And no, you're not making a ton of money, but it's super fun. And and uh, and I don't see it really changing. I, I, I see it expanding even yeah. more, you know. Well, also, in the 80s, we had to have Simon and Simon so you and Ham could do the Simon and right. Simon. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um and also in the 80s, we all would have been coke addicts. <laughs> yeah, would have. <laughs> all right, is your no, you have a cold? No, yeah, well, it's a little congested. You want some Kleenex? Yeah, you're looking a lot thinner lately. Thank you. <laughs> so glad you noticed. Yeah, that's true. We would have been totally... I, I really do feel... It, it is sort of horrifying to think that something... Now, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't remember this shift from the 90s to the 2000s, but something happened from the 80s to the 90s where... Like, the second it was New Year's 1990, mm. for some reason, culture was like, hey, are you from the 80s? Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was it. I remember, like, Octung Baby was, I know that was, like, late 91, but for me, that was, like, just a, the 90s. Really, the it was such a signifier of this is a new... Um, just a new look, and things are shinier and weird and... And, and grittier and... Yes. Not, yeah. And not neon. Right. Right. And, and Bono's wearing those yeah, bug why glasses. Did we, glasses. Why did we notice that then? But now I feel like it all just sort of... I know. I have an answer. Shift. I'll tell I'll, yeah. I have an answer. Because <clears throat> um, pop culture is so unbelievably ubiquitous that it's like at that time we were only getting pop culture from a couple of outlets. And so it was very easy to see like, oh, that's what's coming out of this pipeline and that's what's coming out yeah. of this pipeline. But now we are living in the pipe. Yeah. And so it's just like everything's <laughs> flooding by. And so it's you can't really identify one. Our culture isn't one or two things anymore. It's We're, we're, a, we're a collection of niche cultures. Mm. Much yeah. in the same way that Los Angeles is a collection of small towns. Yeah. That's like why MTV was so powerful back in the early mid-90s or late-90s even probably. but Because um, that was the one funnel we all had. That was it. Like yeah. you wanted to see the new Nirvana video or whatever. Yeah. There was one place to go. And they told you what time it would be on. Yep. And you would either tape it or watch it when it happened. Yeah. And, and if you they, didn't tape it, you're not seeing it again. And they yeah. so missed the, You know, I don't know what happened, but MTV so unfortunately missed the boat with the internet stuff. Yeah. They just... It was Viacom. I think I, that's kind of why. They were like, well, let's just do what CBS is doing because... They could have expanded out and figured that out. By the time ahead. they started trying to figure it out, it was like, no, oh, no, the internet's well, already... Well, because MTV yeah. could be Vivo, you know what I mean? Like or, They could have been. Yeah, like just whatever, that music video destination mm -hmm. place. And it was, you know, it was, it was giant, you know, once again, like giant corporations not really understanding 
the you know internet culture and being like. No, no, don't put your stuff there. We can't make yeah. any money on it. Squash that, squash that. Yeah. And then, oh, it's it's happening anyway without us. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <sighs> That's still there's a lot of a lot of companies are owned by the by these big corporations and it's hard to get your stuff online and um it, a lot of companies are still sort of archaic in that way. It's really frustrating. Um, well, because they're all middle-aged or older. Like, I mean, like, they're like, you know, guys in charge are like 65 years old. They're not yeah. in the demographic of their consumers. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's why I feel like... And I say middle-aged because we're all living to 120 now. <laughs> That's now <laughs> hopefully medical science. technology. Hopefully yeah. science catches up with us. I'm 400 years old. Oh, you're and look you look great. Am- you know, Thank you. Honestly, we have missed out on so much audio. <laughs> if you told me if you told me you were a day-walking vampire, I would believe it. Because you look... You do. You haven't aged, really. People, people say you. to me, like, oh, you have an age since out and I go well I see it but you Adam Scott really have not aged thank you very Matt, much look at that hairline that's fucking gorgeous it's unbelievable I kill for that you are hairline. set <laughs> you're set gorgeous. for the rest of your life Chris you have the same hairline no <laughs> <laughs> was that audio of me saying that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just played it back. That's going to be my new ringtone. <laughs> are, right. we, are we the same I'm very, age? I'm, very, I'm older than you by two years. Okay. I'm very open about the fact that the day I can afford plugs, I'm getting them. You know... This is just going too far back. I, you know, I gotta say, I've watched some of the videos online and the science of it fascinates me. That was a, fr- a friend of mine. A friend of mine had it done, and he explained the process. And I was like, I had, I didn't know how it worked. Yeah. And he explained the process, and the idea is fascinating. What to is me. it? How did they do they it? They basically there are two ways that they can do it. One way is that they they either cut a strip along the base of your skull back here, like the the, the hard part of your skull, um, and they essentially harvest hair follicles and they replant them in the front of your head, yeah. and then it grows. It as yeah. if, grows. Yeah. And it grows, yeah. and so. The trick, I guess, like when you see guys who've had it done, and you can tell it's they've had someone who doesn't, who's more doctor than artist, and they just have that really weird, yeah. you know, like that yeah. John Travolta, like yeah. it just looks you like he's wearing like a Lego yes. hair. Right. But a good, but I guess a good doctor, yeah. my, my friend explained to me, will figure out how to change the, you know, like make it look natural. But the other way that they do it is. They can also go in and pull out follicle by follicle and replant follicle. It's fucking the yeah. science of it is fascinating. So they, in order to replant a hair, though, they have to find an open follicle to plug it into, or no. do you just no, stick they it can in just the sort head. Of stick it, it'll go. Oh, that's so weird. It's, yeah, it's like it's so. It is interesting, and like I've been thinking about it for quite a while because this just keeps going, going, going. And the top of my the crown here, the Rogaine's not doing everything I need it to do. Let me know if you do it because I think it's fascinating. Yeah, no, of course I'll let you know if I do it. Why wouldn't I tell you? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to make a secret about it. I say it on a podcast all the time. I'm getting hair plugs. Deal with it. But you're going to keep it a secret. Yeah, from don't but just... there's something about the there's something about hair plugs that makes it sound fake. But it's not fake. It's your actual hair. Yeah, they just move it for me. It just sometimes looks fake when it's badly yeah, when done. Yeah, when it's when it's badly done. Yeah, like I, remember, I can remember the Dennis, the old Dennis Miller show, the HBO show. When he would come out and do the monologues, and then he would look in the monitor and he'd go, "God damn it!" And then he would say, "I'm getting hair plugs here and here." <laughs> and then you look at him now, and you're like, "Yeah, he did it. He did yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his hairline's a little bit thicker than it was, and it looks good." I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. I think it's. Oh, I think. I think the science shameful. of it's fascinating. But 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 Adam Scott will never have to no. do that unless he's in a chemical accident of some sort. Ooh, what kind? Which is going to happen this afternoon? <laughs> what? Can we yeah. get audio of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Dennis Miller, I was in New Orleans this summer, and I found. An old, beaten-up, talking Dennis Miller doll. Oh, I've seen that. You've seen Was it, it just Dennis Miller? 
(laughs) 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 But the great thing about it is that it was made sometime in the last 10, 12 years because it it says uh, wildly right-wing... Uh, crazy shit. Did it not want to go off on a rant here? <laughs> yeah, that is one of the things it says. Uh, the I saw one of those dolls at a Big Lots like five yeah. years ago, and I was like, should I buy that? God damn it, Dennis Miller. I was so you know, Dennis Miller was like my first great oh, comedy. Off white so album. The off white so album is fucking the the black and white album. It was black and white, right? No, the off white album. album. Yeah, but but his second special, black and white, yes. was the one where. He's describing like the Merrill Lynch bull and it dragging its the making the penile rivulet in the sand and it's like it was before he became really aware of himself. Yes. And it just that third special I was like, "Oh no, he like he went back to DC." And he's one of those guys that I always um I met him at MTV when he was hosting the VMAs in 95 that year. Oh and, my god. And yeah, um wow. And he was really awful to me and it was like my first great comedy disappointment of like I worship yeah. you and you're a dick. What did he do to you? He um uh, he was rehearsing and the cool thing about the VMAs is that you could just go sit and watch the bands rehearse. Yeah. Like I watched, you know, I think Michael Jackson might have been on that year, and and live Did and you watch REM him and that awkward kiss with Lisa Marie. No, no, that was before I got yeah. there. Oh, um, I think I went and sat in the audience that year. Did you? Is that when REM did? Everybody hurts into the fast version of Drive. I don't remember. Would did Lenny Kravitz perform as well? He might have. See, you were like at work, and yeah. I was in the audience, feeling so psyched to be like in a nose <laughs> Universal Amphitheater. No, no, this was in New York. This oh, was okay. a, this yeah, is a radio yeah. city. One. Well, then forget it. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so Dennis Miller was um, Rick Overton was writing with him. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Rick the story about how Courtney Love had a meltdown on stage earlier in the day. And Dennis was like, well, you're fucking making it worse, man. You're talking about her. That's what she wants. And I was like, I was just relaying a story to my friend. He was like, yeah, man, you're not helping. It was like one of those. And But when you're sort of a young, nervous kid yeah. and you're a comedy nerd and then and a guy who is what he was, yeah. me, like, kind of smacks you down, you're just like, I'm going to go disappear. <laughs> so essentially what he was doing is just criticizing the way you socialize with your friends. Yes, he was criticizing the way that I was retelling this story that anyone would retell. Because of she went fucking insane on stage and started yelling at her band because they hadn't finished setting up the equipment yet. And she was mad that her band couldn't wouldn't start playing. But they're like, we can't play. The instruments aren't plugged in. Yeah. And uh, and she had a tantrum on them. Hmm. So, But he was mad at me because he felt that I was perpetuating... Whatever. What they're... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you for being on my side. <laughs> I'm going to go tell Dennis Miller a thing or two. I, I, I think you're right, though. I think Black and White was the Off-White album. I think Off-White album was the audio Was the audio the version of the Black... Because yeah, he shot so. it in Black and White. It was He shot it in Black and White. Right. Which was uh, an, an interesting thing to do, but it was... Hmm. That, that album... I never actually saw Black and White. I just had the album and just listened to it constantly. It's so... It was so great. Well, and I think people, I think what most people don't understand is coming out of the 80s comedy boom, th- there was so much like, um, I don't know, like no, like a lot of people, most, most comics didn't really say anything. Like they were funny, yeah. but they didn't really say anything. Yeah. Like that 80s comedy was sort of like, just entertain the audience at all costs. Yeah. And, you know, like you had your Bill Hicks, but, you know, Bill wasn't super front and center of anything. And right. so Dennis actually was 
making commentary yeah. in his set, but it was really funny and the references were smart and it just, I loved it. And uh, and then it just, I did such a 180. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he did a 180 well, and I followed. You know, what people. do you mean? He's on Bill O'Reilly now. <laughs> I mean, come on. So it's great. Have you met any of your comedy? Who are some of your comedy idols? Um, Steve Martin. Have you I met have, him? Uh, yes. Um, I, Steve Martin, Albert Brooks, and Letterman are like my... The trifecta of my. Um, Have you met all of them? Uh, not Albert Brooks, no. Wow. Yeah. Was I've seen him. How was Letterman? Was he nice to you? Yeah, he was. He was really nice, and uh, I even when I was backstage, you know, we you wait, you wait backstage like any talk show, you wait to go on, and the the other guest is finishing. By the way, at the Late Show, it's it's so cool because it's not super um, um, uh, fancy. I don't know if you've been there, but it, yeah, it's, it's really old. That's old. Yeah, point. and they don't like spruce your room up with, you know, it's like these little danky dressing rooms, which is to me just so cool. Like everything was yeah. cool. Um, but I was backstage, and and and, uh, and Kelly Ripa was finishing finishing up her segment, and when she finished, uh, Letterman looked over and he and he and he waved, just waved to me like, "Oh, hey, how's it going? I'll see you in a minute or whatever," and I just just lost my mind just oh, the fact that you're so in the room with this God, guy that's so great um but yeah then he was really great he was really nice yeah oh that's good yeah how, and how, how was steve was he shy uh he was uh he was uh no he wasn't he was really um kind of normal and um uh really nice and and just kind of normal and funny and great you know what it is is that you have a very good energy like you have a cool chill energy and i think people feel comfortable around you maybe i, th- I was shitting my pants both times <laughs> actually <laughs> we have audio clear. of that <laughs> hi steve <laughs> 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 it's so weird that he actually when he shits his pants it sounds like chris making a poop noise <laughs> yeah it is weird that was it's it really weird yeah. could you play it again yeah yeah, flurp, flurp, yeah, yeah. Flurp. yeah. that's it yep yep Hi, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, I Hi, think, Dave. It sounded just like Chris Hartwick. I don't understand why. <laughs> I think, um, I think, unfortunately, <coughs> I what? still have too much of the fan gene to be able to mash it down all the time. And mm, I think people yeah. sense that sort of... I think sometimes people sense that kind of desperation mm-hmm. of fandom in me that um, that can sort of put them off a little I'm bit. I'm good at mashing it down. Yeah, not you know. To the extent where you sometimes insult people, yeah, <laughs> like play it extra cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do that sometimes. I feel like, like uh, if I just ignore them, then they, they yeah. they'll think I'm cool that I'm not like all over. Well, or people... just arbitrarily. One thing I do is like if there's somebody coming on the podcast that I don't particularly know very well, yeah. I don't bother looking them up, right? Because I just like eh, whatever. I'll just right, talk to right. you like a person, right? <laughs> but there is something where you know, especially with really famous people, where I think they're so used to. They're so used to people being like, yeah. and I think what can be off-putting for them is that they are in the position of they know that someone expects something from them. Yeah. They know that someone expects them to be a certain way or fulfill this idea that they could never live up to, and I yeah. think it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. So when someone like you comes along and is like, hey, how's it going? You know, And they feel like, oh, okay, this is just a guy and we're guys. Yeah. I don't know if if that's what I I I don't know if that's what I did, but I just know they were both very polite and tolerated me for mm-hmm. a few minutes. Um, what about you? What are your kind of comedy heroes? Steve Martin was the one. I mean, like, yeah, the, 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 the albums. I knew all the albums back yeah. to front when I was a kid, and 
Um, you know, I, I think mine were the was the pretty basic stable of. I mean, it, there are no surprises. It was like the specials I watched were, you know, Richard Pryor live in the Sunset Strip or Eddie Murphy Delirious or mm-hmm. the Kinnison specials or. I, when Emo Phillips came along, I was like, oh, yeah. <gasps> and Stephen Wright, too, were just yeah. the two, oh, my God, these guys are from totally. Yeah. But I watched all comedy. I had no, like, as much as I'm kind of a comedy snob now, I have I had no snobbery back sure. then. I would watch, you know, uh, redneck comedy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was whatever made comedy, you laugh. Like, whatever. What yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Which those, is exactly what you should do yeah. when you're a kid is just. Watch absorb, it all. yeah, totally absorb everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, th- those are my. I think, yeah, my influences. I think are pretty like like what everyone's influences yeah. were. Who are our age? Yes, yeah. that first Kinnison album is so great. Uh, by the way, I can't find that anywhere. I mean, on Amazon, it's like four hundred dollars. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's nowhere. It's out of print and gone. I'm guessing when torrent when the movie <laughs> comes out, when the biopic comes out, they'll yeah. probably re-release it. I'm actually surprised that someone like Rhino or someone, you know, like, yeah, didn't, exactly. didn't release. Uh, I'm sure it's like, I'm sure their family's like sitting on it. Maybe. Yeah. I think Do you think there's like, a torrent of it out there? Yeah. I'm sure there there's is. There's no yeah. question. Why yeah. am I not just, I've been looking. <laughs> because that's illegal. Adam, yeah. why would you do that? Yeah, I never uh, ever do that. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Uh, he had to go. <laughs> I did not watch the Homeland premiere, by the way, on torrent. I do not do stuff like that. Well, now why would you go out of your way to say that if you didn't? I'm just making sure everyone knows I did not well, do that. Previously, no one was suspicious that you did. Well, I could tell that was the next question, so I just wanted to get it out of the way. Oh, okay. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, we are way on your side. So you haven't Thank seen you. it. So if I were to ask you a question about it, you haven't. I seen wouldn't it. know. Oh. I wouldn't know. Really? Um, Let's what talk about would a, for a second. What would a person use to, to what? What software would a person use to torrent uh, Homeland? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even. I, I can't even. I haven't cracked up on a torrent in a long. I haven't done it in a while. I haven't. I haven't either. It's a pain in the tomato ass. tomato torrent. I think was what I was using. Ah. It's a pain in the ass because you inevitably get like a chunk, seven to ten ones that are bullshit. Yeah, you have to like yeah. figure. It's it takes a while. Yeah. The uh, the other thing too is like when you get yeah when you get mislabeled, like you're like why would someone put this weird porn video under the title right. of Top Gear. I just wanted to watch Well, Top now Gear. I have to masturbate. And then I... <laughs> you win again! <laughs> <laughs> You've done it, Demon 93! You're just jerking off on your other hand trying to type, how dare you! <laughs> I can't believe you would think... And then, thank you. Uh, <laughs> now to find Top Gear! Oh, Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, Jeremy Clarkson in a Oh, Torrents man. of top gear. <laughs> See, that was the only way I could get it in 2002. Yeah, that shit was that was great. What is your background? Because you seem to have German, Irish. <laughs> what is? I'm what actually is... 100% German. I'm. I was born and raised in Germany and moved here in. Uh, no, I don't know why. I'm not going to you ended up. I mean, I mean, like, what's your what's your comedy background? Because I know you started as. I mean, like, you really you acted in a lot of yeah. stuff and a lot of legitimate things. But you, you know, but you definitely. So have comedy your... is not legitimate. No, no, no. I'm saying. I'm saying. I, I mean, like. I'm saying, like, but you definitely have your foot in also, like, uh, this sort of comedy world that we're all, this right. sort of UCB, right. alt comedy world that we're all a part of. Right. So I'm curious, was it always that for you, or did you have a comedy background, or was it just like, oh, I'm a funny guy, and I'm an actor, and it just sort of worked out? You know, I, I never really did. I mean, other than growing up watching all the stuff we were just talking about and Monty Python and all of that, 
I just wanted to be like a serious actor and went to theater school and after high school and then moved here um, in 93, like I said, and, and, uh, and just started like auditioning and doing guest spots. And I just wanted to be a serious I, like in the early '90s, I wanted to be Ethan Hawke and Stephen Dorff, and like <laughs> that's what everyone dressed was. like them, <laughs> yeah. and you know, just yeah. um, like most young actors yeah. in 1994, yeah. I was just wanting to be those guys. You had a one-way ticket to Loserville, USA. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, Ethan Hawke still does really awesome stuff. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's he's great. Yeah. I, I know that that Stephen Dorff, that mid '90s, like the trench coat man oh, with totally. the collar the flipped cigarettes. up, the cigarettes. Oh yeah. The boot. Hey man, we're all adults. You mean yeah. you mean like Simon Pegg dresses in yeah uh, yeah that? as Gary yes. yeah as, yes. as Gary. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly that that um, was our vision of that. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is still awesome. By the way, yeah, um, I'm he sure does, Stephen Dorff is too. I, I don't know like, Stephen Dorff. Yeah. I don't know Ethan Hawke either. But Ethan Ethan Hawke sort of. I feel like he could probably do. You know, he could probably do whatever. Not maybe not whatever, but for the most part, he could do what he wanted. And but he picks these really cool little. Yeah. Kind of weird, sciencey, like Getaway with Selena Gomez. <laughs> no, but he did the he did the reverse vampire one, which was really cool. Yeah, and those Linklater before yeah. Sunrise. Those are great movies. Yeah, you know, like, you're not into them. No, I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just I'm trying to think of other stuff that he's done in the last few years. Like I don't Assault on Precinct 13 is pretty good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, that so, was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like how he does the like action movies. Yeah, and then little Gattaca's great. Yeah. Gattaca's awesome. Ethan um, Hawke, good job, Ethan Hawke. Explorers. Explorers is Explorers. terrific, isn't it? Well, I, I, what I want to do is I want to hire a post house to recreate the last five minutes of Explorers because that's really where the movie fell apart mm-hmm. for me. It's fucking awesome up until that, until they go into that alien world and it's yeah. just like that, yeah, we're these weird aliens. Like, Man, I haven't seen that in a long time. How do you think that would play for a six-year-old now? I think it would play pretty cool yeah. because yeah. it's still there are things that the six year old would understand. They're yeah. playing with computers and they create this bubble, and it's you know like I, I think they would. Do you I have think, a yeah. six year old? Seven year old, right? Six seven. No, I just like hanging out with uh, six year olds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a set uh, almost seven year old. Are uh, you boy. Uh, are you trying to show him like the things you saw when you were seven? I'm starting to. I just got Goonies. Mm. I've sh- I've showed him all the Star Wars, of course, or the f- the three from when we yeah. were kids, and then. Uh, um, uh, Explorers, I want to show on. Neverending Story would be good. Yeah, I remember hating that when I was a kid, though. <laughs> really? <laughs> but I was like twelve, so maybe I was too old for it. Is that what it was? I didn't. Is it good? It. Is it good? I, I didn't like it. Listen, I don't. I don't know if it was good. Yeah, but it was definitely something from my childhood that I watched a million times. You did? Okay. Show him Caddyshack. Fuck it. Just take him I know. straight to. Well, I do want to show him Three Amigos because yeah. Three Amigos is kind of has a cartoony look. Yeah, and there's enough like fart jokes and hilarious. Yep. Visual things yeah. that I think he would actually enjoy it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I would. That, I I think Three Amigos is, a, is an excellent choice. Yeah, I mean, do you, that's do you one ever of think of like showing him like uh, like uh, any of the old, like Mel Brooks stuff or anything like that? Do you ever think maybe? He, I mean, I. Because that was sort of the age I, you know, Spaceballs I, would probably be the movie that a kid yeah, would gravitate yeah. toward the most. A six. I mean, I could show him the fart scene in Blazing Saddles. Sure. As far as like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the entirety yeah, yeah, of Blazing Saddles, really, yeah. I'm not sure. That was on would. this morning. I watched it this morning before I went to the gym. Blazing so Saddles. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I'd Malachan say. Malachan was so fucking. 
funny. Yeah. I'd say Spaceballs is probably the movie that a six-year-old would like the most. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Because of Pizza the Hut and yep. Barf. And... When I, yeah. When I was a kid, though, it was like PBS was like running a lot of like Sid Caesar show uh-huh. and like Marx Brothers stuff. And that's sort of what I got into. And then like I became obsessed with the Dick Van Dyke show when I was like nine. That show's great. It's the so Dick good. Van Dyke show was awesome. It's so fascinating to watch now. A show with three acts and one story. Uh-huh. There's just an A right, story. Right, there is right. no B story whatsoever, and it plays for some reason. And it's just so simple and just so funny. And, and just Carl Reiner is oh, there when he when he shows up. He's so fucking funny. Carl Reiner is so fucking. Well, there, funny. there, there was a there was that the philosophical shift like before a sitcom became its own thing. Mm. They it was basically just televised theater. Yes, and so they basically had to write a mini play. Every yeah. week. That's and what then, the Honeymooners and then, was. And then fucking was, do it live. Yeah. The Honeymooners <laughs> was one set. Yeah. And I I challenge anyone to find an episode of the Honeymooners that does not hold up or right. does not play. And it isn't just Well, when he threatens physical violence on his wife, I think that... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to punch her in the face I'm gonna, until to the she moon. flies <laughs> to the moon. I'm going to punch you so hard. You are going to break free from Earth's gravity. Yes. Now, you're going to probably have to travel at about 25,000 miles an hour. I've done do a lot this. of math on this. But it's going to happen shots. because I'm going to punch you so fucking hard. <laughs> now, and then he brings out the, if we can get the vertical thrust. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, this is going to be. And Ed's like, okay. He's setting up the. <laughs> hey, you punched it pretty hard there. Now, here's the problem. We should be launching closer to the equator, but. We're in New York. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take it from this. I'm gonna have to punch you extra hard. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna go to the top of the Chrysler Building. <laughs> oh god, no! But the Dick Van Dyke Show. I think I think it's all on Netflix now. Is I, have it? The, I have the DVDs of it, but it's all it's all on Netflix now. So you should. I mean, I really recommend it to watch. It's such a. It's like a show. It's a show about a comedy writer writing television mm-hmm. yeah and that was the, and then the, that's why when I was a kid I was like oh that's what I want to do hmm. but the I Love Lucy to too Rob pretty, my mom watched I Love Lucy and so I watched that you know pretty religiously I just yeah. saw that I just saw the Harpo episode of I Love Lucy not that long ago oh where she dresses it's up like pretty Harpo funny. well it's cool when you when they move to LA and they're in Hollywood and you look out their apartment they have that window mm-hmm uh, and you can tell the picture was just a picture someone took from standing on top of their stage at Paramount Oh, oh wow. that's cool! The angle you can see just right up to yeah, yeah. yeah you see the Knickerbocker up there. You see, oh, the, interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now you want to talk about that's the time to have been a television star? Yeah, really. When when you know, like twenty million yeah. people would watch one show for 20. sure. Way more than 40, that. Right? More than twenty? Yeah, 40? all the time. Twenty was like Friends. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Big Bang. I mean, Big Bang Theory still pulling in those numbers. I would imagine Friends. I, don't, I mean, it's probably easy to find out, but I'm sure Friends probably got like 25 million people every week. Was it? I don't was know. Was it that high? I could be wrong. Oh, they probably did like a, yeah, they probably did like a, well, I don't know what the share would be. What is that, a share? Like a fucking. Well, the share, do you know what the, do you know what the ratings, do we know what the, what the ratings numbers are? They probably got you like get a. get the two numbers. You yeah, get, you get the share of the audience that was watching television that night. That's right. right yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You have, you have the, like the, like one number is like of total, like percentage of total potential viewers yeah they probably had like a 60 and the share is like of the television yeah. sets that were on they yeah. were watching this you know this percentage of um 60 is pretty high i don't know if anyone had a 60 well, share yeah um i would imagine they had like Nash did for the demographic they probably had like an 11.5 in the 18 yeah. to 49 or you whatever. know and the sad thing is is like 
it ain't going back. No. No. <laughs> like no way. it's just it's just a constant, you know, the only like, thing that goes up every year is the Super Bowl. That's really? The only thing that goes up every year. It goes up? Yeah. Yeah, about like it started friends started with 15 million and then it ended at like 21. Mm, Jesus Christ. If you had a show if Parks and Rec did 21 million viewers, <laughs> that'd yeah. be amazing. You would be doing that show forever. forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Big Bang Theory, they, they, why would they ever stop making that? I mean, they, they, they get Friends ratings yeah. now. Yeah. And that's like uncanny. Like, you, that's so admirable that they are able to. Yeah. I don't know how CBS has cracked some sort of code that yep. we will never all figure out. But they, 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 did you see Maya Bialik and uh, what's her face? What's the other girl Kaylee? on that show? Melissa no. Rauch. Yes, they just got a raise to sixty thousand an episode. They were only making two thousand an episode. They weren't making what? two. That's 000. not possible. No, they were making no probably, probably 20. twenty. Oh no no no, that's not possible. Yeah, I no. read it. Oh, the scale. Yeah, you're probably right. That's not possible. They, w- like, they wouldn't have made two. I was like, this doesn't seem right. No. Entry entry level. But anyway, they did get right. Entry though. level for a sitcom for even unknowns is like fifteen to twenty. Yeah. Like they wouldn't have. It must gotten, have been twenty. Then it must have been twenty. It I wouldn't was have like, been two. That is bonkers. Two is internet money. I yeah. thought and it was two like, is yeah. good internet money. Yeah, no, two is great internet money. Uh, <laughs> That's not. That but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. No. But they did just get a raise of sixty thousand dollars, and sixty is still. I which mean, is still nothing compared to what. The other three are making. But you know what's funny is that, you know, when it's like whenever this sort of salary disputes happen and then people go, uh, oh, the poor actors aren't. It's like, that money's not going to an orphanage otherwise. Yeah. That show is <laughs> making a billion well, dollars. Well, guys, we were going to give this all to charity. But it's, it's, the only, know, it's the only yeah. time people ever, like, people ever side with a corporation. Like, that money's just going to go to a fucking corporation. They're making the money. But also, with a show like that that's generating all that money, those actors deserve that because they're they have a they huge are, hand in the success of, of the show they do. and they, they are do. making that company is making so much money and and show. every one of those actors represents that show just in their lives like it doesn't yeah. just end when they leave work like right. they are those characters they are those people non-stop and right. so they should they should get to share and it's basically I think of it more as like a profit share as opposed to I'm a spoiled yeah. actor who wants money yeah, you know yeah. um I, I think the thing about the ratings never kind of going back is is there's something good about it in that we get shows like Breaking Bad or Parks that, mm. I mean, Breaking Bad now is kind of broken open, but shows that don't get these huge blockbuster ratings, but since the new normal is a bit lower and and, and the, the audience is so much more spread the, out. The new normal got canceled. No, no, yeah, no, I'm talking specifically about the television show, the normal normal. Um, that uh, that shows like that survive much longer than they would have, you know, ten years. Yeah, ago. that's true. Like they would. I, I was surprised when I looked back at the numbers of how long they kept Scrubs on the air. Yeah, because that show was only pulling in like seven million or eight million. Yeah, but even I mean, looking at that now, that's like huge. That's a yeah, huge yeah. number. Yeah, and I also uh, uh, it's also kind of cool that when networks are sort of recognizing like, well, numbers are smaller and things, so. They're starting to embrace the fact, like, they'll want you to do Adult Swim stuff. They'll want you to be at as many places as you can be because yeah. anything that you do that elevates helps the show. Yeah. And that is a fundamental shift in the old days of, like, you work for us, and if you work for anyone yeah. else, you will never work in this town again. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I remember when I started Parks, I asked, and there was a thing about, like, you can only do three guest spot things for other shows per year or something like that, but... 
I don't think anyone cares or pays attention to that at right. all because I think everyone just figures everyone should just do whatever they want and it can only help the the network show or whatever. So yeah. I don't think anyone. I think that's an old, kind of archaic old thing, and no one even. And I would imagine that. with Party Down, they were probably like. Hey, do whatever you want. Just as long as you can show up to work these days, then yeah. fine. Do yeah. whatever else you want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, back when Party Down was actually on, no one was watching it. That kind of like the audience found it afterwards. after it was canceled. Yeah. How much stuff do you um, – <clears throat> are you writing stuff as well or how much stuff are you um, – I don't – I'm not really a writer. Uh, I mean Paul Shear and I wrote the um, – greatest event in mm-hmm. television history stuff together um and um the the kind of making of documentaries that come before the, it's a i should say the greatest event in television history is this show that my wife and i created on adult swim where we um recreate opening credit sequences from like 80s television shows and then uh me and paul Shear sort of write these making of documentaries that precede the the actual thing so but writing is a loose term with those in that we we come up with something and then we do we shoot it but we also we get awesome actors in there and everyone kind of improvises and so my contribution to write writing is is pretty loose paul is uh, an actual writer so he yeah. knows how to sort of um really do it. i i'm i'm i i take a really long time but i do find it satisfying once i'm done but actually doing it is is, I'm, Your I'm wife's a, a writer, lazy. isn't she? No, no, she's a producer. She's a producer because yeah. I know she worked in Andy Milanakis and yeah. she's yeah, Kimmel yeah. And, and Kimmel, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so no, but I, 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 I found working on those really fun. And Lance Bangs and I directed them together, mm-hmm. and so I found that I to be Lance. really, really fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's uh, writing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would ever have the attention span to really sit down. I would. I, I would love to 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 be a writer. I just don't know if I'm uh, smart or calm enough to actually get it done. Well, it just sounds like it just sounds like because I think you probably have no shortage of good ideas. You would just need to get paired with someone who could sit down and actually like For sure. help you craft the thing or just actually do the typing. And, yes, like yeah. what if we do this? Oh, yeah, hey, yeah, can yeah, I yeah, pick yeah. some ideas? And gets you know, easier yeah. once the bones are there. Yeah, and you sort of can work fill that out. Yeah, I'm good at filling out bones, guys. You like it? I love it. Like Look it at me. I love Look at those me. bones. Fill I love those. filling them up. Fill it up. But I think the I think the new I think the new um, sort of perfect career is kind of the Will Ferrell model of, hey, I kind of do whatever I want. Like yeah. you know, if he wants to make an internet video, he makes an internet video. If he wants to do a, a movie in Spanish, he just does a weird mm-hmm. movie in Spanish. If he wants to do a blockbuster movie, he'll do a big movie. Like I, I he really. Whenever I see that guy, I don't ever I I don't ever think. Someone probably made him do that. I think, yeah, he probably just wanted to yeah. do that. You know? Yeah, sure. Like the old Milwaukee commercial. Yeah, exactly. He just wanted to do that's it. That's <laughs> one of my favorite things. And ever. I think that's the perfect. I think that's the perfect kind of career to strive for now, as opposed to the old days of like, oh, I want that one. Yeah. I want to be on Friends. You know, now it's like, Chris, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Um, no matter how Matt Perry like I was in the nineties, were um, <laughs> <Aren't> we all? <laughs> Would I be any more like Matt Perry? <laughs> but uh, but just the idea that you know our our careers now aren't just one thing; it's a bunch of things because we are a product of short attention span media, and yeah. so therefore our careers are these kind of like 
I have like five we- weird little jobs, yes. but they make up this one career that I love. It's true, and I will say that while it's really cool, it's exhausting. It's very exhausting because you do feel like you always have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel like if I don't have at least three things going, then there's something wrong, and it is exhausting. But it's also great because it's it's you know I've waited. 15, 20 years to be busy. And so finally, in the past few years, I've been busy. It's terrific, but I am sort of tired. And, uh, but I, I don't think I would want it to change or be any other way. But boy, can you imagine what it was like to work on Cheers? Like just mid run, where oh, it's like, I always imagine. Yeah, you kind of go in, you work from 10 to 5, and then. No, when you, you don't. That was shot before a live studio audience. You didn't even work 10 to 5. No, no, but during rehearsals. You would, oh, they sure, would rehearse yeah. during the week, and then yeah. they would probably shoot Friday nights or whatever night they shot. And then, you know, they work uh, 20 weeks a year, and then they just have, like, four months off. And yeah. they don't do anything. Right. Yeah. Because they know they're coming back in the fall to their giant TV show. But also, when you're on Cheers, you finish a, a four-hour workday, and you don't have to go fucking shoot some internet video <laughs> <Right>. because you, <laughs> right. someone did you a favor, so you need to go yeah. do theirs. You don't need to <laughs> you feel gotta, like... You, you yeah. don't have to go do a podcast. Right. You don't have your adult swim project <laughs> that you have to give notes on or whatever. You, you're you're good. You're getting a lot of money, and you can just go relax in Malibu. But I think that Ted Danson was always running from podcast to podcast. Yeah, he would. I feel like Ted would. Ted Danson seems yeah. like the kind of guy like he yeah. would. Like He seems like a cool yeah. guy. But it's funny to hear you say, like, oh, the 15- or 20-year career, it is sort of staggering to think of it in those terms. Like, when I really sit down and go, like, oh, shit, it's been a long yeah. time. But I think that's what's... I think that is the foundation of a career that will last is rather than getting the overnight thing is if people just discover you because of Parks and Rec and then they start connecting the dots and they were like, oh, he was in this thing and he did the Piranha thing and right, he was in right, this. Right. And they, oh, my God. go And then they all of a sudden realize that you've you've been there the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. <laughs> like Gus Fring. Right. I did, I did. I think I said this on the show the other night, but it is very funny to me that when you think about like what a head trip it must be for the Albuquerque of Breaking Bad, where you go, hey, did you hear the chemistry teacher was a drug kingpin? <laughs> what? Yeah, he had to knock off the previous drug kingpin, who was the guy who owned the chicken restaurants. Right. That super polite guy. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then their lawyer was the guy from the yeah. bus stop ads and the TV. <laughs> like, every, like, everyone That's is... why it really, really holds up that it became such a national story is because not only when you connect the dots like that is it a great story to kind of email around to your friends, but when then they're connected to essentially the Bill Gates of yeah. today, yeah. it becomes front page of New York Times. Yeah. Well, I love... But what... it would Charlie Rose would not be on at that time of the day, I'm just saying. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a point. Um, Poked a hole right in there. <laughs> Get Vince Gilligan on the phone. Yeah. Vince, let's talk about Charlie Rose's airtimes. Well, it was just... I understand the public broadcasting system. They can sort of tweak with the they schedule. They can do whatever but... they want. And also, I'm sure it was a local affiliate. Hey, look who just got here for the last two minutes of the podcast. Jonah, Jonah. Ray. Good one, Adam. That's a really funny story. Well, He's it's... been here the whole time. He's What's been your favorite Sunday? Just like you. You've been here the whole time, Jonah. Yes. Um, Jonah had an audition. Did you like some apple? Yes. Jonah had an audition or a serious. meeting or something? No, I'm serious. I tried to grab it. You pulled it away. I was at a dish. Take was, uh... it. All right. Let's keep going with this bit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Is he going to take a bite? Should I? Is this a thing? 
No. We've all taken bites. Yeah. Listen, if you want to be in the club, you would take a bite. If you I don't do. want to be in the club, just don't chew into the microphone if you okay. do take a bite. We're all going to we'll press our penises bite. against it. Oh. None of us took a bite, Not Adam. one person <laughs> except me. Fuck so you, man. So now we've kissed. You stupid piece of shit, Jonah. I'm sorry. This is what you get. He's the guest. I have to fucking go with it. <laughs> I guess that's true. Where were, no, you, had a, you said you had an audition or something. No, no. It was a meeting for uh, the Meltdown show. Oh, so nice. I was just with friends of yours, Mike Rosenstein and Lance Bangs. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. We were Wonderful just talking people. about Lance Bangs. Yeah. I was just with them. Nice. Did yeah. they ask about Adam? Why didn't you bring them? Because they had other things to do. Yeah, Lance, what's their problem? I yeah, understand. Lance had to fly to a few different cities before going to somebody else. <laughs> he is always on an airplane <laughs> yeah, with yeah. A, a lot of camera equipment. Yeah, just hard drives and shit. He's flying yeah. to Anchorage, Alaska tomorrow. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah of course. To, like, shoot yeah. some skateboarders. Yeah, <laughs> Todd Berry and some skateboarders. Uh-huh. And some, <laughs> I would and some see young rappers show. from Fairfax. I would watch that show every day. Todd Barry and Todd Barry some skateboarders. Hey, man, do that, that half yeah. thing, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, like nice. 360? You really yeah. got nice that 20? board up yeah. there, man. Why don't you pop shove it? Nice alley, man. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see Todd. I'd love to find out that Todd Barry is like an awesome skateboarder oh, that and that we great. just didn't know. My favorite Todd Barry store is I was at a, a bar in New York, um, and he was, uh, there was a girl right next to me at the bar, and he goes up to her and starts on her shoulders. Doing that, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Excuse me." He's like, "I'm a drummer." <laughs> <laughs> do you know who Yola, Do you know who Yola Tango is? And she's like, "No." He's like, "You're lost." And then walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and they got married. Yes, they, they, yes, That's great. And quickly divorced. That same night. Yes. Also, I used to work with your wife. Yes, on my wife was Jonah's boss on the Andy Melanaka show. I made her life real hard. Why? Because I was bad at my job. <laughs> I was a writer's assistant on Andy Milanaka show, and she was uh, the production coordinator, I think is the title. I can't remember. I know. I'm not sure. She was in, like, it's like basically I was the guy that was supposed to kind of break down the scripts of what was she happening. She may have been like the line producer or something. Yeah. She's kind of sort of in charge of yeah. the pro- parts of the production. She was like, you know, the one like that had to, you know, I had to provide her with information that she would use to make the show run smoothly, and I could not do that. <laughs> so you, it's your fault that the show didn't last? It lasted a season after me. I got fired. It did. It, yeah. it was two seasons, right? Three seasons. Three that was seasons. the second season. The third season was out here. I don't know if she worked on that season. No. No. Yeah. But what yeah. else? Do it. What else? What else are you bringing to the table, Jonah? I think I brought a lot. I you got a like, bite of an apple. You know, I got... told Todd Barry's story. I mentioned Lance and Mike. And then I told a thing that connected me and uh, Adam. So basically, you just did an entire show's worth of connecting in two, in two and a half minutes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Do you feel good about that, Adam? Yeah, I think he really kind of sat down prepared, polite, mm-hmm. took a bite. Mm-hmm. I'm satisfied. We had a personal connection to you. Very personal. Hey, I worked with your wife. It was like a miniature Nerdist podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) Like a miniature Nerdist or Chris Hardwick interview. Welcome to Nerdist Bites, (laughs) B-Y-T-E-S. Exactly. You can just take this one out and put it on its own. And you actually take a bite. Yes. (laughs) That's how it starts. It's that that sound effect. That's why I thought you would call the Nerdist Bites originally. Really? Yeah, I thought you were really just working in a section of the podcast where somebody took a bite of something. (laughs) Guys, I like homophones. I'm not going to lie. That's really good. (laughs) I think a good homophone... What's that? What's a homophone? He's scared of phones. It's two. Oh. <laughs> that means I only fuck phones. Yeah. Um, a homophone is our uh, two words that sound the same but are spelled differently. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Why is um? Why is that not? Uh, no, we just. Mm. We just need more atoms on audio. Mm. I'm just. <laughs> that, was it. that was it. That was it. That's that what you was needed, it. right? That was it. Okay, great. Do you have any? Do you want to plug anything? I have a movie coming out on October 4th called ACOD, which stands for Adult Children of Divorce. It's uh, 
I'm in it, and Amy Poehler, Jane Lynch, Richard Jenkins, Catherine O'Hara. Jesus Christ. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Clark Duke, Jessica Alba. Um, I hope I'm not leaving anyone out, but it's a fu- really funny uh, comedy with all those terrific people in it. You and Clark were just in a hot tub, right? Hot tub time machine. Yeah. Part Dude. dose. You've done yeah. a lot of fun stuff. Like, it's a pretty... If there's a if there's kind of a cool thing like even the even Piranha like that was yeah. a fucking fun. I, I, my friend uh, my friends Pete and Josh wrote. Oh uh, yeah, Piranha. Yeah. They're they're really cool. I didn't meet them until the premiere, but they're they're really really cool guys. Really yeah. cool guys. Yeah. That was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. When you like you, like when you hopped on the I think it was a Wave Runner. Yeah. That, that was just like it was so it was you were so serious. Yeah. And it just really made the movie right there. It's a perfect way to do to do that kind of that kind of movie. Of, just make it. Just make it and have yeah. it be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and have Jerry O'Connell's dick come at you in 3D. <laughs> I think it's tricky to market. I still haven't seen someone successfully market a a horror movie that's sort of like horror comedy is really tricky to sell to the public because yeah. you want people that go see horror movies, they want to be scared. So if you tell them it's a little tongue in cheek, they're going to stay away. But if you sell it as a horror movie and they go and it's sort of campy like piranha was they so, so like it i've never quite you know remember slither i loved yeah. Slither, slither. Yeah, james gunn yeah, yeah, yeah it's so good but they they also didn't know how to get that out there yeah i think it's um i think movies like that always end up finding yes like the audience always end up finding them for sure yeah. um because that's just a total word of mouth. Like, yeah. the, if sixty percent of the audience didn't get it, the forty percent that did will fucking lose their minds. Yeah, and then I think that's where it starts. Maybe to... we should go back to those uh, post-screening movie commercials they would have. Remember, like they would shoot people outside of a theater having just seen the movie. Oh yeah, going, it was so great. Can you <laughs> believe think, it? I, think I think like horror, but I also really like comedy yeah. too. Yeah. This <laughs> movie was from me. Right up my alley. <laughs> go see this now. Do you know Lance Banks? <laughs> <laughs> I love Lance Banks. I love him. That seems weird. Who shot that? Lance. <laughs> Where was that? Minnesota. He just flew, yeah, there. He just flew there for that I one shot. I love beards. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, Ed. Oh, Scott. thanks for having me. I've, I've uh, wanted to come for a very long time. I know. I, I feel like you know, every once in a while I would bug you on Twitter, and I always feel bad about bugging people because I know that I am one of... Probably a hundred people that week. That's like, hey Adam, we do this thing. Hey, can you do this no, thing? No, I I, I love the show, and thing? so I've wanted to do it. That's the other thing about like when you do a bunch of different things, and everyone's like, oh Adam will do it because I saw him do that other right. thing. He'll so do right, anything. Right. A lot of people are like, hey, hey, we do this, and you but have to learn how to say no to things. I'm sure. I felt I felt bad because I think it was Halloween like three years ago. My kids and I went trick or treating at your house. Oh, that's right. And we talked about doing Nerdist, and that that's was, right. I think. Three three Halloweens. Yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. Because I still live. I don't live in that house anymore. But yeah, that was right right up above the UCB, and there was that big kind of. It was yes. right at like the six. Are you way still in that shitty Franklin apartment? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I go I go trick or treating in the nice neighborhood. <laughs> I drive down to Hancock Park. Kids, we're going right. up the hill. Kids, we're going yeah. up the hill. Yeah. So I'm glad we were finally able to make it for work. sure. And for sure. Uh, and thanks for doing Talking Bad the other night. Oh yeah, that was so fun. It was it was crazy having to hold on to that information all week. Oh, having you seen, I saw the episode on no. Tuesday. Oh, wow. oh. Had to wait. Yeah, I can't do that. That was tough. You really I, still, I haven't yourself. seen the finale yet. But you can if you want, right? Um, actually, they probably won't give it to me till Friday, but I will wait till Sunday to watch yeah. it because I can't. It, it's I'm afraid of either accidentally blurting it out, or and I'm also a bad liar. So if people start going. 
does this or this happen? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't look at me. You gotta be so mad if they just air the Dexter finale. Uh, yes, I would be very mad about that. Yeah, I found that like at work, word spread that I had seen it on Tuesday, and people just started hovering around me. <laughs> they didn't want to know something. anything, but they just wanted to look at me and see like what can... my reaction was. To yeah, certain... it was How's really he feeling. Weird. Can you tell? Yeah, yeah. They don't want you to say anything, but they just want to know if from your energy they can yes. figure out yeah. what happened. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's going to be over, and it's going to. I'm sure it's going to be a fucking bummer. Then and, what yeah. do we talk about? Then what am I going to talk to anybody about? Well, yeah. I don't know. What did you think of the Breaking Bad finale? <laughs> How long can that last? Well, Years. then we all just start watching Rizzoli and Isles, right? No, <laughs> we talk. We start talking about Ray Donovan. You've already started talking about Ray Donovan. I'm on the fucking ship, I'm going to be one of those guys that's the forefront of you're the, the one, Ray Donovan craze. It's going to happen next year. About Ray Donovan. Next year, next year, there's no, there's going to be no shows for people to talk about. Dexter's gone. Breaking Bad's gone. Mad Men will be on. No one's going to be yeah, talking about. Man. There's one more season of Mad Men. That's true. The Mad Men. But that's never been a speculative... Everyone is going to be talking about hostages. You should have... (laughs) (laughs) Those posters look like the Tommy Wiseau The Room poster, but with an American flag around their mouth. You you should be on Mad Men. You, You would make a good... Like you seem like, like a, a nineteen six like early like, 60s. like a yeah 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 if you just slicked your hair down you'd be a really cool like well, oh, young account executive that's now threatening we're, we're Don Draper seventies now it's seventies yeah, yeah I was yeah. gonna say you like, got some sideburns yeah hey yeah. I, I can grow sideburns <laughs> all fucking yeah. day all yeah. right you played a like a like like a kind of a wheel and dealing guy in a uh, aviator yeah yeah so yeah. you can do old timey yeah <laughs> that's much old like nineteen thirties forties I guess yeah I think so, that yeah. must have been there. Yeah. Does it feel any different when you go to do, like, the aviator or you're going to shoot something for Adult Swim? Does it, like, mentally are you in the same kind of place? Or are you like, oh, I'm going to be much more careful on this giant set oh. with all these giant actors? <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> Scorsese versus yeah. Adam McKay. Oh, it's totally different. Like, I was so, like, I had a really small part in the aviator, but I was there, like, all summer just because they would need me, like, for two days here. and so- Oh, film. So, yeah, so I was just like, sure, I'll be there, I'll sticker i don't care whatever and i would yeah. just go to that set and hang out and watch it oh man it was man. amazing that's really cool yeah i i remember absolutely everything i didn't like it was all so crazy that it's you know it was 10 years ago now it's weird that's oh fucking wow right yeah that came out when i was still working at the arc light no holy shit yeah, yeah i saw that in lowell massachusetts in a movie theater well congratulations adam scott thank you congrats to you guys too thanks when are you doing another live show pretty soon yeah, what well, are we doing? Well, you and I are performing in Boston on this weekend. Yeah, and then um, it's I'm not performing again until December out of town because my I have, I'm starting a new show and that I have to work Monday through Friday. Ta- Talking Dead? No, no, I'm doing a show for Comedy Central and it's it's a um, the Nerdist show. No, no that, was that was BBC America. I'm doing a midnight. This is other show. Oh, a midnight yeah. talk show. A midnight. Yeah, it's it's a fake game show. Um, oh, great. For, hey. So it'll be on Monday through Thursday. So awesome. I will not. Uh, the game's real. The game is real. Yeah. The game is real. Uh, you'd be great on it, by the way, if you ever... Uh, we'll talk about it. Sure. See you yeah, again. I'm, yeah, I'm, already, years, I'm already assaulting you with stuff. Favor I'm already him. assaulting you with stuff. Hey, I don't want to do the thing over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, why'd I come on this podcast? <laughs> no, hey, uh, no, count me in. That sounds fun, even though I know nothing about it. Hey, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> shooting this video. Will you please be in my video? Hey, and I'm when you think. Uh, that's why I feel bad. I feel like I just... That's the other problem, is that I feel like I have relationships with people where I'm the guy who's always like... Hey, do you want to do this thing? Rather than, why don't we just hang out like fucking friends? Believe me, doing the greatest event episodes, the one thing I learned is asking people to come do your thing is 
hor- horrible. It's excruciating. Oh, yeah. it, it's yeah. Hor- I, I hate it. It's 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 horrible. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't you you don't want them to feel like. Uh, really, this is when I get a call from you when you yeah. need me to come do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my my thing that I try and do is I try and ask them to do it if they want. I'm, I don't ask them to do it. I ask them if they want to do it. But no matter what, it always just sounds like I'm just asking them to do it. And, yeah, and it's yeah. weird. So I just don't never want to ask people to do. Do you have things people ever. to ask for you? Do you have like? Did you have bookers on the show? No, it, it was just me <laughs> and my wife. So I just emailed everybody, and you know, it, it was totally fine. But I just I had never had to do that before, and so I was like, oh wow, yeah, no wonder everyone. Okay, so just really quickly, how yeah. how did those emails go? How are they structured? Is it the hey, how's everything been going? How's the family? Will you please do this? Do you front load it with the ask, or do you? bury the ask with some pretend I want to know what's going on. Bury that I, ask. I, I think I pretty <laughs> much get up. right to it, just because yeah. yeah. other than just like, hey, how's it going? Uh, um, just sort of a, a little sort of chit-chat, but I think I kind of get right to it, because then I have to like attach links to the old episodes so they know what it is. Because <laughs> Also, I have to explain what it is in the first place, which is probably have to do that sometimes too where you kind of explain what it is and that's and then you have to just cut and paste it from the last one you did but you want to you know <laughs> then you forgot to, to replace the name. name right yeah. right right listen if you if you ever do those again i i would i please let me and i i want to do the greatest american hero oh that is so such bad a, such a good oh yeah who did we have cast in that you and um Remember we oh, did it? Oh, it was someone who was... someone made the poster online. They did? Yes. I don't know who it was. I don't know who the other person was. It was you and... Uh... Boy, oh boy. I have the suit. Yeah, I remember. You really? I do. I used to do that. Boy, did I love that show parties. as a kid. It's fun. The show, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's, oh, is it? it? Yes. <laughs> it's such a fucking great idea for a show, and I think the problem with the show is that they did what would naturally happen, which is he gets really good with the suit. Yeah. But then it's not funny anymore yeah. because he's just he's a real yeah. superhero. Great theme song. Yeah. Oh, the yep. best. The best. Believe it or not, George, George isn't at home. home. Please leave a message <laughs> at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Who could it be? Yeah, you used to wear that when you did hard and firm stuff, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Embar. Yeah, that's back when I used to be fat, and Patton was like, uh, I saw it like a couple years later, he was like, oh man, that was really funny, you used to do that bit with the Grace Mercury, and you had that pillow in your shirt, and I was like, that pillow was my stomach, and he was like, no, no, and then I watched him kind of backpedal, I watched it happen, he was like, no, no, man, that couldn't have been, because you, oh man, no, that was great. (laughs) That's funny, you were much heavier, like, doing stand-up and stuff. Yeah, I was like 30, 35 pounds heavier. Many years Mm -hmm. Ago. Yeah, not drinking 15 beers a day and eating pizza at 3 o'clock in the morning apparently hmm. helps you Works. lose. Yeah, apparently not having fun yeah. makes That'll you lose it. weight. Okay, well, that's one That's one way to look at it. <laughs> that's Jonah's way to look at it. All right. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, the next greatest event in TV history is on November 7th. Oh, good. Oh, on, there we on go. On Adult Swim. November 7th, Adult nice. Swim, next greatest TV history. Do you reveal what the show's going to be or do you? Uh, no, not till it airs. Yeah, okay. Or we'll try. Last time some, someone... Leaked it. And that was Lance. Yeah, that Lance. and ACOD, <laughs> and uh, and we're yeah. Good. And when's and Parks and Rec back? Uh, Thursday night, Thursday uh, night. the twenty sixth. Someone's yep. got some stuff, Adam Scott. Got some stuff coming down the pipeline, guys. <laughs> <laughs> gross. <Which, laughs> so gross. I can't even do it as a joke well, for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't. I can't. It's a back metal. Yeah, pipeline's full of shit. <laughs> Believe it or not, enjoy your burrito. 
Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.